I come with a longing and with a dream. The longing is that I would be changed and become more fruitful in God's hand. And that whatever in my life may hinder the saving work of God would be removed. I want there to be a new touch of power, not only on my preaching, but also on my personal contact with unbelievers. I want fresh guidance from the Lord concerning the scope and focus of my pastoral labor. To know if I am spending my time in a way that would maximize my life for Christ's glory. This is my longing. My dream is that we as a church would be freed from paralyzing effects of guilt in regard to personal evangelism. That all of us would find some natural outlet for love toward the lost people in this city. Uh, That there would be a, a development of bridges into Chatham from the pockets of all unbelief. That our personal sense of reality of Christ would be so deep and confident and satisfying that it would scarcely keep from commending him to others that don't believe in God. And that the power of Christ would rest upon us with unusual effectiveness. So I don't come this morning with a rod or something to make us feel guilty. I come with a deep longing for myself and with a happy dream of what it might be like if God would make us a healthy, happy, free, authentic, loving, powerful, evangelistic, outreaching, and saving soul church. If you share this longing for me and perhaps for yourself, and if you have a similar dream from Chatham, for Chatham, by looking around at all the empty seats, amen. Would you do me a favor? Amen. Would you devote regular, earnest time to prayer? that God would make this longing in this dream, Dr. Harrison, a reality. I believe he will do it if we seek it with our hearts. Amen, church? Is that all right? It's good to be home. Um, When you don't see me, I'm at the Lundell Street Church of Christ. Amen. 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 So I'll be in and out for the next couple of weeks. They do not have a minister. So I'm helping uh, teaching on Wednesday nights, um, teaching on Sunday mornings and speaking until they locate a minister for their congregation. Amen. Amen. So we have to help out our sister congregations. We are so healthy with Uh, men and things of the sort, 
But, you know, and sometimes we take it for granted. All the, the strong sisters in the food depository and the uh, things that we have here, uh, others long for it. And we have it. So I'm there helping. But it is good to be home. And Chatham is my home congregation. Amen? Say amen. So I want to read the scripture again for emphasis sake. I want to thank Doc for the opportunity to come and to say a few words. Uh, Doc is going on vacation. He deserves it. He and Sister Harrison. And I whispered to Sister Harrison to enjoy yourself. Don't worry about what's going on here. God will... God will fix it. I believe God lets things happen for reasons. So he allowed Paul to kill Christians so that Paul could one day be an apostle of the Gentiles. We don't understand how, how God allowed the Roman Empire to control the world so that they could build vehicles by which the gospel could be taken to the world. We just got to have faith in God and not in ourselves. Amen, church. Is that okay? I'm not going to be long. I'm going to speak this morning on the subject, God's plan for man. Because God didn't intend for us to be down here fussing and cussing and, and be, on, be at each other's throats. He wanted us to be with him, praising him, and one day if we are found faithful, we will be doing that, just that, every day. Not worrying about these stinking bills. Amen. Not worrying about if, if we got the right pills. Amen. Amen. Genesis chapter 6. I'm going to start at the beginning of the, 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 the chapter and come down so that we can get a better understanding of what the text is telling us this morning and it shall come to pass and it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair and they took them wise of all which they chose and the Lord said my spirit shall not always strive with man for that he is also he also is flesh yet his days should be a hundred and twenty years there were giants in the earth in those days and also after that when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men and they bare children to them the same became mighty men which were of old men of renown the text. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beasts and the creeping things and the fowls of the air. For it repented me that I have made them. Now Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. There, these are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and a perfect man in his generation 
And Noah walked with God, and Noah begot three sons, Sham, Ham, and Japheth. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked upon the earth and beheld it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. Kind of sounds like today, doesn't it? And God said unto Noah, the end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Room shall thou make in the ark, and shall pitch it within and without with pitch. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make it of. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, the breadth of it 50 cubits, and the height of it 30 cubits. Let me go on to verse 16. A window shall thou make to the ark, and in a cubit shall thou finish it above. And the door of the ark shall thou set in the side thereof, and lower, second, and third stories shall thou make it. Amen. That's all right, church. You would have to wonder how God feels about man today. With the violence, immorality, and greed that occurs on a daily basis. How something as precious, as fragile as a family is being split at the seams because of its no importance in our society. It's the norm to have a single mom. Say amen when you can. That's the norm. That's what our children see. Say amen when you can. How our young men think it is okay to gun down each other on our urban streets to preserve territory that doesn't even belong to them. How a mother could just leave her newborn baby in a garbage can and just walk away. How there is such hatred across racial lines as though we are not in the same worse shape as each other. How man despises each other to the point that it's okay to kill without the thought of taking another's life. How more money is spent on drugs and wars than on food and education. And how man would fight to preserve, to write, to inject, smoke, or inhale drugs and take them away from reality only for just a moment. How a promising young doctor would plan an atrocious act of violence where people are enjoying movies or theater and kill as many as he can for no apparent reason. Man has learned how to navigate its way to the moon. We have learned how to replace a heart. Say, man, we can't. We have learned to take uh, 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 the, the atom and split it in ways that it will destroy a whole civilization. We have learned how to travel the seven seas in time that it takes to prepare a well-cooked meal. 
which is rare and far and few between. Say amen when you can. We eating today or we eating at home? Say amen. <laughs> can communicate at the glimpse of a thought. Can replace a non-working mind with a replacement. Has developed technology whereby man can do almost whatever the thought of imagination has allowed. But we cannot fix the biggest problem. Say amen when you can. The Bible says we have learned how to do all this and do all that. The more things change, the more they remain the same. The very same problems that we have today, they were going on in the days in the very distant future. To the point sometimes we, we say we could go back to those old good old days. How many of us really want to go back to those old good old days? I don't know how many of you all grew up in the Jim Crow South. Say amen when you can. Where you couldn't walk on the same side as somebody else. Where you had to not even look them in the eye. And if you did, they came and they hung you. Took you out your, your uncle's house. And that your mama had to portray you in the Jet Magazine because your name was Emmett Till. And they killed you in them good old days. You remember the good old days, dog? How many of us want to go to heaven? How many of us want to go today? As bad as it is, we're not trying to get up out of here. We got quiet. The very same problems that we see today, they were going on in the days of Noah, which caused God to repent in his heart. And destroy the very thing that he loved the most, which was man. Man was wicked in every way imaginable. And God hated it and planned to destroy man at the very root. But God loved man and wanted to give man a chance to live with his creator one day. The Bible says that God had grace in his eyes for a man named Noah. Who was perfect in his generation. He was not a perfect man. There's only been one perfect man. The odd thing about grace and mercy is that God can only provide it. Grace is something given that man does not deserve but gives by God but is given by God and mercy is something that man deserves but God does not give Noah was perfect in contrast to the men in his generation and God would save man through Noah and his family by, by having Noah build it all a safe haven for he and his family to be protected in when God's wrath came upon man. God gave no instructions 
And as I, as I, as I go through Noah, I want you to, to, to think about something, church folk. God gives instructions to be, y'all looking at me crazy. God gives instructions to be followed to the ladder. Y'all not hearing me. I'm going to come on down for a minute because I want us to understand something. Uh, we don't see it now. We do see it, but we don't see it. God has set it in order in the way that he wanted it to be. Y'all not here. Y'all about to get quiet on me because I'm going to come. So, but, but as time changes, man wants to reinvent the charge. In other words, and, 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 and uh, let's go over to uh, Acts chapter 17. If you have your Bibles, let's go to Acts chapter 17. I'm going to ask my people up here to, to, let's go to Acts chapter 17. Let's go to verse 22. So we can understand, get understanding, so we can connect all this together. Let's go to Acts. Hey, you going to read it for me, Ron? That will be perfect. Let's go to Acts 17. Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill. Hold on just one minute. Everybody got it? I want you all to read this because it, it, it means something. Read, preacher. Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill. Then Paul stood said, in the midst of Mars Hill and said what? Ye men of Athens. Ye men of Athens. I perceive that in all things ye are too superstitious. Is Paul coming to something and as he sees it, he sees that it looks and appears to be superstitious. Some of us even have our own superstitious ways, right? We just do, right? We're not going to walk under a ladder, right? Hey, man, when a, when a black cat crosses our path, right, we start thinking, right? Y'all not hearing me. Come on now. All right, keep reading. For as I passed by Read. and beheld your devotions. In other words, as I saw your worship, I saw what? Read. I found an altar with this inscription uh -huh. to the unknown God. Read. Whom therefore ye ignorantly worship, him declare I unto you. Read. God that made the world and all things therein. In other words, God made the world. Sometimes we think we made it. God made it. And I'm going to parallel the two safe havens. The ark and the church. Noah did exactly what God told him to do. And he saved his family. He did exactly what God told him. To the ladder. And we have to do the same thing in the church. And sometimes I hear, and I've been in the church my whole life. Been beat up, been back and forth, and left the church and came back. Back and forth, it's the same old arguments. We need to change. If God didn't change it, we can't change it. Read. God that made the world and all things therein. God made everything. Seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth. Come on now. Dwelleth not in temples made with hands. In other words. Read. This one, read. Neither is worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything. In other words. So hold it for right there. We think we got to help God. Hear me out. Come on. Hear me out. 
this your birthday? And you want things set up for your birthday a certain way. You ever had somebody come to the birthday party and they crash it? It's about you and they make it about them. Every time man invents some new way to worship God, they take away the attention from God and put it on themselves. And we do that when we start saying we need to add some things to the church. I'm not saying not being innovative. I'm talking about changing things. Changing worship. Read this last part. Seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things. Right. And hath made of one blood all Read. nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth. Next verse. And hath determined the times before appointed Read. and the bounds of their habitation. Read. That they should seek the Lord if haply they might feel after him and, and find him though he be not far from every one of us. In other words, God does not need any help. We think that we need to have praise dancers and instruments all in church to help God for us to worship him. Y'all not hearing me. Y'all looking at me strange. Come on. God gave Noah, and thank you for your reading, Doc, and thank you all for going there. God gave Noah instruction on how to build the ark. The height, length, width, one window, which signifies God's oneness. Type of material, which was gopher wood for its capacity to float, and instructed Noah to take his family with him. His wife, his sons, their wives. God has always regarded the family first among all things. He also instructed him to take two of every kind of mammal, fowl and every creeping thing to preserve his kind. And the Bible says that Noah did as God told him in Hebrews 11 and 7, whereas by faith, Noah being warned of God of the things not seen as yet, moved with Fear prepared an ark to the saving of his house. Noah did not cut corners and find a cheaper or simpler way to build the ark. There was no dispute with his family members about the construction site or the instruction because he was following God's direction to the ladder. It is known that it took Noah 120 years to build the ark. While he was building the ark, Noah preached to the people about the destruction of man. For the Bible says in 2 Peter 2 and 5, And spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. There are a few things that I need to be that need to be understood about the flood that would eventually destroy man. It had never rained before. So humanistically, 
it had to be difficult to think that it was going to rain. Before man sinned, the dew came from underneath her. After man sinned, the dew fell down. Say amen. <laughs> it can only be assumed that there was someone that thought that they could build a bigger, faster, and stronger ark, swifter than Noah's, but there would be a huge contrast. God was with Noah and his family, and because God, because Noah did it God's way and not his way, and when we try to do it our way, it fails every time. Because God's way is the only way, for the Bible tells us in Proverbs 14 and 12, there's a way that seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Before sending the flood, which lasted 40 days and 40 nights, God told Noah to enter with his family and shut them in. The easy part was over. Noah and his family had to feed the animals, clean up behind them. And the major thing is that they had to get along with each other. Say amen when you can. Regardless of all they had to manage, I'm sure, church, that there was some high tension. I'm sure that somebody else didn't want to clean up behind the elephants. I'm sure somebody else would rather have the chickens. I'm sure somebody didn't want to feed the lions as big as their teeth were. They would have rather feed the monkeys. <laughs> I'm trying to make a point here. I'm sure people wanted it their way. I'm sure folk wanted to take a break, Janice, one day. I'm sure somebody was like, let us sleep in late today. Amen. I'm trying to make a contrast for, to the church today, if you look around. Because sometimes we get mad and we leave the church. I'm going to take a few minutes like that digest. We get mad because we can't get our way. We get mad because it's not a certain way. I'm sure Noah's family got upset with each other. I'm sure they got mad. But the one thing about the Bible is God does not hold anything back if there was an issue. And Noah had an issue. Noah got drunk. I guess it was a little bit too much for him. Right? Let's, let's, stop, let's stop pointing a finger at Noah. Because we all been that, down that same road, ain't we? I'm not talking about when you got drunk. Oh. Say amen. Mm. We can, but I'm sure we didn't get frustrated. Throw our ass up in the air, say, I'm done. I don't want to have nothing else to do with it. And he caused there to be a curse on his son Ham, which a lot of folk equate to be somebody that he was the darkest one, and it's because we cursed. I don't believe that. But we don't know. But the point I'm making is. As mad as, as I'm sure that they got with each other, nobody left the ark. Mm -hmm. 
Nobody jumped out that window. Nobody said, hey, you know, this is, yeah, I'm just tired, Doc. I, I just can't do it. I just can't do it no more. I'm gone. I'm leaving. I'm taking my ball and I'm running with it. They didn't because the ark was safety. And I'm saying to you, church, this morning, regardless of what issue you may have, because it happens, we're human beings. And keep in mind, we're, you're not fighting against flesh and blood. As Paul said in Galatians, we're fighting above principalities that we don't even comprehend that causes us to do crazy things. You know, we didn't call each other crazy. They didn't leave because there was safety in the ark. Noah and his family remained in the ark for 150 days. And God reduced the water from the face of the earth and told Noah to go forth from the ark. However, the problem that Noah and his family entered the ark with still remained. And that was sin. Man has been saved, but sin was still a problem. For man, and as Noah and his family became fruitful and multiplied, sin multiplied along with it. But God had devised a plan before the foundation of the world for the ultimate saving of man. And throughout the ages, God used man to communicate his plan. For man to man, for the saving of man from this torn world of sin. Paul penned me and sin's dilemma in Romans chapter 7 and verse 25 where it says, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death. Meaning the end result of our sin problem will lead us to eternal damnation unless we are saved. Man's problem with sin has caused a separation from God and man. God cannot be in the presence of man because of our sin problem. Regardless of how good God is, man cannot die in its sin and live with God. What can man do? We all have sin and cannot stop sinning. Some of us. Say amen. Paul tells us when we try to do good, evil is always present. Church, we got a problem. What can we do? Church, we got a problem. What can we do? What can we go for help? Who can deliver us from our sickness that has caused the world to be in such a calamity? The answer lies with the Holy Scriptures. For the Bible tells us in Romans 5 and 7. But God God commanded his love toward us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. How does Christ die for us? Save us from sin. The Bible tells us in the golden text, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And we read that, we read that text and don't really digest it. God gave us the perfect lamb. Yeah. He 
so that our sins can be forgiven. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world because God could have condemned the world. And God could have started over with a new man. But God devised a plan to make sure that we would have a chance to be with God one more time. Man had messed this up. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 about one man's sin. Sin entered the world. And by one man's death, we have a chance to be saved from sin and eternal damnation. Oh, I, I, I wanted to make sure we make the connection because we look at the word. And I tell my mother, stop watching the news. Mama, please, enjoy your twilight years. All right, you didn't deal with all this stuff. Let us young folk try to figure out how we're going to fix this thing. But we can't fix it. I don't care who you vote for as president. God controls it all. I don't care who. Now, I'm not telling you not to go out and vote. I don't know if I'm going to tell you to do that. I'm saying don't put all your trust in a man. I'm glad a man didn't write the Bible with their own inspiration. I'm glad God put it together so he can give us the Old Testament church. And so I want you all to understand God chose Abraham, a Hebrew, from which the Holy Spirit would allow the lineage of Jesus to travel all the way to the cross. Okay. Before the cross, I want us to get this. There was a limited commission. Only the Jews could be saved. Only the Jews had a chance, but God had wrote about Jesus all through the scriptures. Even though Jesus was concealed and God was revealed, he revealed his plan when Jesus was born. His own folk in Romans chapter 10, as Paul tries to tell them, you got zeal, but it's under ignorance. You're going about establishing your own, but not under righteousness. So God allowed his son, who once he died, I want you all to get this. We read these scriptures, but we don't digest them. In Matthew chapter 24, Jesus told his apostles, all power. It was given unto me, not only in earth, but heaven and in earth. God gave it to Jesus. Because Jesus had done the ultimate sacrifice. He had shed it in blood. And the separation between God and his son happened at the cross because God allowed his son to take on all our sins past, present, and future. And that old law that man could not live by was nailed to the cross and Christ became the official savior of man's sin. And Christ established the church with his death. And church, we got to let folk know that. 
Folk don't know that there is a way out of this thing. There is a way out of this thing. And so he told his apostles the same commandment that he gave them. Go ye unto all the world. We have neighbors. We have friends. We have relatives. We have people that we see on a regular basis. And God is using us I want y'all to get this. Sometimes we think our situations happen because of our situations. God, in his ultimate way, in his omnipresent way, places us where he wants us to be. A brother told me today that he quit his job over there to go over there. And I'm telling him, God was tired of you being over there. I want y'all to get this so that you can save the folk over there. Y'all, y'all, y'all didn't catch that. Y'all didn't, yeah, we, 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 we are not seeing how God is using us. Sometimes we see us and we be dwelling on us. Oh, I got to do this. I got to go here. I got to do that, dog. But God places us so that somebody, see, because it's not about us only. The Bible tells us in Peter, I think it's in 2 Peter 3 and 9, for God is not slack concerning his promise to us word. As some men, what Jack? Count slackness. But it long sufferers to us word. And the next part of the verse is not willing The will of God is that not one person perish. Even that person that rode me the wrong way, Stella. And you can't stand her when she's walking around. You understand what I'm, I'm, not, I'm trying to, I'm not using that as an example. Because we all got somebody that we can't stand. And we are somebody's person that they can't stand. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all come to repentance. God wants as many of us to be saved. You go to Revelations. They were crying. John was crying. Because they needed somebody, Doc, to open the book. Read the book. They try to figure out who, who's worthy to read the book. They searched high low. They searched everywhere. But then, there must have been a holler. Because somebody says, that person, him, him, him can read and open up the book. Because he was worthy. And then they talked about 144 being saved. That's what you hear about on Saturday, on Saturday mornings when they knock on your door and talk about the 144. Yeah. That's God's promise yeah. to the trail tribes. But if you keep reading, if you keep reading, John, who God allowed to see a vision, said there is a number. And we can number some numbers. 
man. But there was a number that no man can number. So I'm saying to you this morning, church, as I close, and thank you for allowing me to speak this morning to you. God got a plan. He ain't left us out here. He ain't left us. He has not left us out here without a plan to get back to him. I've been saying this lately, and my mama says, stop calling yourself that. Because God takes care of children and food. I must be a fool. Because God has taken care of me. God has looked out for me. And I know you can say the same thing. That God has looked out for you. Some of us should be sitting in jail somewhere or in a morgue. Say amen, Brother Bale. But God has taken care of us. He is not done with us yet. And as I, one of my students says, that he thankful that God has chosen him to be under construction. Because we all are under construction. So I'm going to say to you, be that light. I'm going to challenge the church. I'm going to challenge the church as, as we come to this great day. Don't just bring money. Don't get quiet on me. Yeah. I know the leadership looking at me. I cry. Don't just bring money. Show your faith not only in your giving of money, but your giving of yourself. There's some folk out here hurting church that has no hope. We don't have to go but a mile down the street. It's some folk hurt. And I want, us to, I want us to sing the song of invitation. Be a light for Jesus every day. Be a light for Jesus. Not just for ourselves. And then he might bless our families. He might bless our children. Amen. How many of us want to make sure our children go to heaven? He might bless our wives and our husbands and our sisters and our brothers and our neighbors. Stand on your feet, church. Stand on your feet. If you are not a member of the Lord's church and look under my, 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 my dreary eyes and have gotten dreary the last couple of years, it looks like everybody is. Yeah. Yeah. But if you're not a member of the Lord's church, you can come by here in the gospel, 1 Corinthians 11, 1 Corinthians 15, verses 1 through 4, about the death, the burial, and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But if you are a member of the Lord's church, as, I, as my longing is, that this congregation be that light on a hill that will not be here, but that other people will want to come from the outside to be saved as us being an example. If you are guilty, distance from God. If you need prayer, that's an oxymoron, isn't it? Because we all need prayer, don't we? There's not a person in here that don't need prayer. We need prayer for something. We all stand in the need of prayer because we are guilty distance from God. So God has, to end this sermon, God has a plan for man, but God has a plan for each of us. The Bible says we're not going to be known in heaven by how much money we gave. This is good. Don't let me take away from it. I'm not going to be known for a doctorate or masters, or how good I looked, or how good I dressed. 
I'm going to be known by the fruit that I bear. The old uh, 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 parable about the fig tree that stopped producing fruit. Sometimes we have problems in our lives. That's Jesus digging around our lives to make us realize that we have to be fruitful. This message is for you. If you are guilty distant from God, come unto God. If you need prayer, if you need prayer for someone else, you can come down and do that. Or you can pray for each other, one for another. As we sing the song of invitation, come just as you are. Oh, ye Christian soldiers, as ye march along, be a light for Jesus every day. Keep his banner hoisted all the whole day long. Be a light for Jesus every day. Be a light, shining light. Be a bright, shining light. Be a light for Jesus every day. Every day be a light, shining light, be a, be a shining light, be a light for Jesus every day. And keep your lamps trimmed, burning so that all may see. Be a light for Jesus every day. Let the world see Jesus and from sin be free. Be a light for Jesus every day. Be a light, shining light. Be a bright, shining light. Be a light for Jesus every day. Every day. Bright, shining light. Be a shining light. Be a light for Jesus every day. Keep the light bright, shining all the world around. Be a light for Jesus every day. To release from darkness all the Lord has found. Be a light for Jesus every day. Be a light. Be a light. Jesus every day, be 